0: Well, I want to welcome you this morning. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I hope all of you got the rain you needed. I think, I think around the house we got somewhere around two inches of rain, which is very nice. I know the grass was smiling, even some of the flowers had kind of perked up and everything. So it was a good little rain, and I'll just be so glad when we get everybody back and get over this COVID mess. It, you know, from up here, it sure looks awful empty out there. And uh, But God's still here. He's still God on the mountain. Yeah. Even though sometimes we feel like we're in the valleys. He's still with us. And, uh, you know... God does not take account on the number of people in His church. What God looks at, He does not look on your outside, but He looks at your heart. Those that truly want to be in His presence, those that truly want His Word, that's who He's coming to. If you truly want God in your life, if you truly believe that God is still God, that He can do all things and nothing is impossible for Him, He's here today. I don't care how, how how low the crowd is, that does not make God any difference. He's going to be there to who's ever there for Him and wants Him. Uh, I know in, in the Bible as we look, there's a lot of times where there were many, many people and God touched them all. And we know there were times when there was one or two. And God still touched them, just like He did the, the, the multitudes. It's God's love for each individual. He, he doesn't look at us as a group. He looks upon us as an individual. He looks at our hearts. How do we love Him? Do we believe in Him? Are we here to serve Him? Are we here to worship Him? It's not about anything today except God. He wants to be in your life. He wants to take care of your needs. And you know, whatever need you've got, He's capable of taking care of it. He lacks nothing. He is full and He is complete. And He will take care of us. Today, what I would like to bring is a message. I hadn't brought one in quite a while on this. But do y'all realize that healing is still for you today? God's healing is still for you today. You know, I know, I know that there's got to be some confusion in some of the churches about whether God is still healing today. You've heard that, well, no, I, I don't think God's still healing Maybe some of you have been told that God doesn't heal today because the age of miracles have passed away. Do y'all realize there never was an age of miracles, only a God of miracles, and He's still on the throne. He has not changed. He is still healing today. Like I said, there have been so many people in here, in this congregation, that have felt the presence of God They have felt Him touch their body. They have felt Him heal their bodies. I've been witnesses to many of them. And I I still, sometimes I just get in wonder of how God can love us so much that He's still healing us. He's still loving us. He still cares about us. He cares about everything that we go through. And, you know, God's miracles will never pass away. His desire to heal people has not changed. You know, healing is as available to you today as it was when Jesus walked this earth. You know, Jesus had, when he walked this earth, he had a threefold ministry. Preaching, teaching, and healing. You look at that. Jesus healed. So many people as he walked upon this earth. He didn't turn anybody away, and I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. Anybody that came to Jesus, he healed If that's what they needed, he healed them. They didn't have to have money or anything else. Just faith that he could do what he said he could do. And many Christians today, you know, many of us are not aware that Jesus' death on the cross paid for more than just the forgiveness of our sins. His death on the cross paid for a lot more than just the forgiveness of our sin. In the Psalms that I want to read to you, this is what it's referring to. Listen to this in Psalms 103, verses 2 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, that's David. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. How many of us ever stop and just think about the benefits of God? Benefits that he gives us for loving him, believing in him, accepting him, worshiping him, calling upon him. We have benefits to serving God. It says, who forgives all of our iniquities... What is iniquity? Iniquity is our wickedness and our sins. He forgives it. Who heals all your diseases. Did y'all notice he said all? He didn't say some, a few, maybe some. He said he healed them all. See, this wasn't a problem for God, and it's still not a problem for God today, is to heal things going on in our life. Hurts. Hurts sickness, doubts, unbeliefs, pain. No, God is still taking care of that today. And that's just it. He wants to take care of it. He wants to touch you because you are simply His child. If you have a child that comes to you that's hurting, they're sick, don't you do everything you can to comfort that child, to make that child feel better? That's your child. Well, when God looks down on us, what does he see? He sees his children, us, his child. And he loves you. And he wants to take care of you. He wants to meet your needs. He wants to heal your sickness. He wants to heal your hurts. He wants to draw you closer to him because When God works in our life, it just just draws us naturally. draws us closer. We want more and more of God in our life. We want to feel that closeness. We want to feel that love. We want to know that God, thank you for loving me so much. That you do all this just for me. And that's the way he looks at you. He sees us as a group, but he also sees us as an individual person. He looks at our heart. He sees our needs. He sees our longing. He sees our needs and wants. God wants to take care of His children just like we want to take care of our children. There's no difference. Except the only thing about God is He's got so much more love than what we can possibly give out ourselves. Even though we love our family, God's love is so much greater and so much stronger and so much more powerful than what our love is. God's got a love that sometimes you just almost can't even explain it. How could somebody love you so much that they would go and die for you so you wouldn't have to die? Oh, you're going to die eventually unless Jesus comes back first. But even though you die, you still live. We still live because of him, who he is, what he has done. It is the body that dies, but it's the soul, the spirit that goes on in heaven to be with him. And then one day, this body will be reunited with your spirit and your soul. And you, will live all, you will live together with him in the new heaven called the New Jerusalem. We're all going to be with Him one day, living with Him. God, like I said, God loved us so much, He sent His own Son to die on that cross in our place. In our place, He died. God wanted us to, and why did He do this? Because God wanted us to have access to the fellowship and benefits that we lost when man failed. When we lost as a result of sin, this was removed from us because we were separated from God. You know, we we, we talked about this once before when Jesus said, My Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me when he was upon the cross? Because God had to turn his face away from his own son because the sins of the world had been poured out upon Christ and God cannot look upon sin. He had to turn His face from His own Son for just a little bit because of us. And when we said yes to Christ and believed what He did on that cross, we were restored back to God whom we had been separated from. Sin separated us from a holy, holy God. But when Jesus Christ died and shed His blood, and we were forgiven of those sins and God could look upon us again and we were brought back into the favor of God. God now could look upon us. He could forgive us of our sins because of the shed blood. That's one reason Jesus had to shed blood. That was one reason for the shedding of blood which was for the forgiveness of sin. That's what it says in the Bible. For without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. Blood is our life. It's our life today. Without that blood flowing through your body, you could not live. It was just like when Jesus went on the cross and shed his blood, it was like Jesus was giving us a transfusion from himself to give us that everlasting, life giving blood. That's what they do in the hospital. They give you a transfusion when you need blood. When your life is getting to that point where you've got to have more blood, you've got to have more blood, we didn't realize how much of Jesus' blood that we needed. He shed it just for us so that we could have that blood and and be reconciled back to God. God wanted us to have access to that fellowship again. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 it says, for God has made him to be sin for us. He made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus took our place. Who knew no sin, Jesus never sinned in his life. He did not know sin, but sin was placed upon him. Our sin was placed upon him. That we might be made the righteousness of God himself. When God looks at us, You know what he sees? He don't see sin. He sees our righteousness. Not our personal righteousness, but he sees the righteousness of his son Christ whom came upon us because Jesus gave us his righteousness and he took our sin. I think I got a pretty good trade out of that deal. Even my wife is, i tell you that. But he, and you know, as I was studying and reading on this, I run across a little verse that said, Healing is not separate from salvation. Healing is a part of salvation. Our healing is also a part of salvation. Here, it said, In a vision, the prophet Isaiah foresaw Jesus' suffering and death on the cross. He saw this. you know how long ago the difference... When he saw this, it was 700 years before this took place. In a vision, he saw Jesus on the cross. He saw him on the cross. Isaiah, God gave him the vision, and he saw Jesus on the cross 700 years before it even happened. And then Isaiah wrote it in his book. In Isaiah 53, 5. It says, He was wounded for our transgressions or our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities, all the wickedness that we had. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Jesus took the punishment so that we could have peace. And by His stripes we are healed. Notice it said we are healed, it didn't say. We might be healed. We could be healed. Maybe later we'll be healed. He said we are healed. When you believe and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe upon his deity as the Son of God that died for you. Then on that third day, he arose from that grave. He comes into your life and things start to change in your life if you truly believe. You know, I think that there is one of the things that we really need to look at. Do I truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do I truly in all my heart believe that he died for me on that cross? Do I truly, truly believe that on that third day he arose? If you don't believe this, you're not saved. I'm sorry. Isn't that what the Bible says? Believe this and you are saved. If you don't believe it, And you've denied everything that Jesus Christ did. You're not believing in Jesus Christ. You're not believing He's got the power to save you through His blood. Think about it. Those people that go around, oh, well, I don't know about this, you know, being raised from the dead. Well, you better know about it. Because that's the only way your name's going to be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when God opens up that book and your name's not in it, Guess where you get to go? Not heaven, but hell. Without your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, your destination is is the lake of fire. God has been honest with us. When I preach something, I try to be honest. I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want you to know, what, what did he mean? I'm going to tell you what I mean. And what I mean is exactly what God means. I believe what God says. I believe every word in that Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation and everything in between, I believe that's God's Word. I have no doubt it. I don't have to doubt it. It says that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. It's not something made up. Well, man wrote that. Prophets wrote it under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. They didn't just sit down and start writing. They were told what to write through the power of the Holy Spirit. God knew what we was going to need. He knew what we needed to hear. He knew what we needed to know to get through this life and get to heaven. And if you don't believe God's Word, you're not going to get to heaven. It's that simple. If you don't believe God, you'll never make it to heaven. You know, it's as much God's will to heal you as it is to save you. He wants you healed. He wants you well. He wants you whole. He wants you complete. Because we can serve Him so much better when we're good, healthy, and feeling good, and we know it's Him, and you just want to do so much more for God. You just want to do so much more for Him. You've got a testimony living on the inside of you that you need to share with somebody. You need to tell somebody what God's done in your life. They may be going through something that God healed you of. You may be a witness that can save that person's life. You you may be that person that's going to draw somebody else into the kingdom of God through your witness. Well, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. That's right, he can. But we need to let people know What a loving and gracious God we serve, and how He wants to heal us, how He wants to be a part of our life. You know, people believe everything that happens to them is God's will. Oh, well, you know, if that's God's will, let it be. Oh, I believe that's God's will. It happened. I'm sure that was God's will. But you need to know that Satan is the one who brings the sickness, not God. He brings sickness and he brings destruction. The Bible tells us. matter of fact, Jesus told us this very same thing about Satan, who he, who he was, what he did, and what, how he came to the people. Here, and I, do, I read it quite a bit because it is so true, and we need to get this down into our spirit. Jesus told us in John 10.10, 10, The thief comes not except to, but to kill, to steal, and to destroy That is Satan's job. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's why he's here. That's the only reason he's here. It's to try to draw us away from God, to make us hate God. See, a lot of sickness comes upon us and things happen in our life. Who do we blame? We blame God. It's not God. I'm going to show you something here in just a minute. It's Satan coming in to steal your joy, your happiness, and all your love. To kill you if he possibly can. He don't want a Christian running around here giving God glory. He wants to destroy any hope you've got. Any love you've got for God, he wants to destroy it. And I've seen that happen. I've seen people that were killed in a car wreck or this or that. God. well for one thing I don't think God told that person to drive a hundred miles an hour on a slick wet road not to be careful not to obey the, the, the rules of the road but they just get out there he didn't tell them to go get drunk and then get in that car and drive that was your choice Satan would say, Oh, yeah, I'd be all right. Enjoy it. Go ahead, do that. The person dies. God, why did you let that happen? That was their choice, not God's. They chose to get in that car, they chose to drive 100 miles an hour, they chose to be unsafe not God. It was the devil that convinced them and said, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Everything will be all right. We have to stop and think that God loves us. He did not, He's not killing us. You know, just think about something. In James 1, 17, excuse me, in James 1, verse 17 tells us, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from God. The devil does not bring you a good and perfect gift. Only God gives you those good and perfect gifts. He said, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or nor shadow turning. It's all from a gracious, loving God because He does love you. He wants to give His children good things. Good and perfect things always come from God, and you know, God does not change. God does not change. God is the same. And He said, you know, and, and I think this made a point. I, I, as I was reading this, it just caught my attention. But He said. Actually, if we believe that sickness is from God or that it is His will for us to be sick, then why do we pray for healing? Why are we going against God's will? If it's His will, why are we doing it? Why are we praying to be healed? Why are we praying for God to come take that away? And many people think, well, that's God's will that I be sick. And then there they are wanting to be healed. Going to why go to a doctor? if it's God's will for you to be sick. Think about it. Here in the... We know that when Jesus walked this earth, He healed multitudes of people during His earthly ministry. Jesus never turned anyone away or did anything to show that He was not willing to heal them. All through the Bible. Everybody that come to Jesus... He healed them. Now why would Jesus go against the Father's will, healing people? If, ever, if it was God's will, they'd be sick. People, we got the wrong ideal when it comes to healing. That is not God's ideal for us to be sick. He wants us well, whole, healed so that we can better serve Him, so that we can be a walking testimony, a witness of God's love and who He is and what He wants to do in each person's life. In Acts 10.38, it tells us how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Of the, wait a minute. Jesus went about doing good, <coughs> healing all that was what? Oppressed of the devil. We were not oppressed of God. We wasn't oppressed of anybody, but oppressed of the devil. He did it. And Jesus healed it. For God was with him. If it was God's will, then why was God with Jesus healing people? We need to just do sometimes Kind of read between the lines and see what we're told one thing, but then God's Word tells us something different. You've got a lot of people out there that quote Scripture out of context. That's not what the Bible is saying. They're taking it plumb out of context. You know, really, I guess if you wanted to, you could probably make the Bible say about anything you wanted it to say, If you take God's word out of context, you take this scripture, this scripture, this scripture, you start kind of adding things together. Well, it's scripture. Yes, but it's out of context. That's not what God was saying, that's what you're trying to make God say. God didn't say it. Know what God says so that you can be informed. When somebody comes up and telling you all this stuff, you say, wait a minute. That's not what God said. See, when you feel feeling like that, you know what that is? That is simply the Holy Spirit quickening to you God's Word. That's not what God said. Don't listen to it. Don't believe it. You know, it says when the Holy Spirit quickens something to you, you know what quicken means? It means to make God's Word alive on the inside of you. Quicken means to make alive. It's like God is sitting there saying, don't you believe that? I didn't say that and that's not what I mean. Get over here in my word and read it and see what I'm telling you. Did you notice that in most of these scriptures it said, and he healed them all of disease and sickness. All, not just one or two. If they came to him, he healed them. He's still doing that today. He is still healing. We know in Hebrews 13 8, it tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, I don't change. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6, Jesus says, For I am the Lord and I change not. He's telling us, I don't change. I'm still here. I'm still the God that loves you. I'm still the God that heals you. I'm still the God that hears your prayers. I am your God. Call upon me. But when you do, believe and don't doubt. That's so much of our problem. I've talked to people and I said, do you believe what God? Well, in a way I do, but there's something I just don't, I'm not sure about. Sometimes you just feel like saying, okay, well, why don't you just forget about being healed? Because with that kind of attitude, God's not going to heal you. He says, we're to believe and not doubt. We're to believe the Word of God and not doubt it. It's God's will to heal. But you know, there's some things in our life that we have to look at. It's God's will to heal, but things like unconfessed sin in our life, disobedience to God, unforgiveness, and doubt. These are things that can hinder God from working in our lives. Well, you mean God looks at all that kind of stuff? Yes, He does. God wants to heal you, but He wants your faith and your belief in Him. For what does the Bible say? For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For we must believe He is who He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Diligently, what is that? It's kind of like when the disciples asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? To diligently seek God is when you come to God and you love Him and you believe in Him with all your heart, soul, and mind, your strength. You believe this. Jesus said that this here was the greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. You know, that's a lot of love. But that's how we're to love God. You know, in 3 John 1, 2 says, this is Jesus, said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, be in health, just as your soul prospers. He said, I pray that you be in health. He wants us Well. God wants you well. Then James wrote in James chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. This is the way that we have to come to God. Therefore, submit to God. What was that song we sang a while ago? I surrender all. That's what you've got to do. Surrender all to God. Therefore, submit. Surrender to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. (coughs) You know, sometimes the devil comes to us, and I think we try to want to entertain him a little bit. Now, what's that you were saying, Satan? Let me hear a little more about that. Some of that didn't sound too bad. No, it says resist him, and he will flee from you when you have nothing to do with Satan, resist him in the name of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Satan knows what he's up against when he comes up against Jesus. He's dealt with Jesus several times. He never won a battle yet. Jesus has won every one of them. He's going to continue to win them until we're called home. One day, think about it, Satan will be no more. He will be cast forever for all eternity into the lake of fire with all of his demons and all those who did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says over in Revelations. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It says, draw near to God. You want to get just as close to God as you can. It And then He will draw near to you. Invite God into your life. Invite God to, to live in you. See, that's what the Holy Spirit, you know the Holy Spirit really is God. And when you believe and you accept Jesus Christ, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. That's God. His presence is always with you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, His presence is with you. It says, and he will draw near to you. Then he says something. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is saying to us, if we want healing in our lives, then we must resist the devil by turning away from our sin and disobedience. If If we're going to still keep our sin and our disobedience... God's not going to hear you. You can pray and you can pray and you can pray. But until you draw near to God and invite Him into your life and you get rid of sin, you get rid of your disobedience to Him, He's not going to hear you. And then we have to forgive those who have wronged us. And I know that's hard, but we must do it. It said that if we will not forgive, then God cannot forgive us. They said, get rid of doubt. Get rid of doubt. Whatever, a little little, little scripture that, well, it's not a scripture. I guess it's. But when you doubt, you do without. When you believe, then you receive. That's kind of what the Bible says doubt, God didn't hear you do without. But when you believe, God hears you and you receive. Doubt, do without, believe and receive. Just think about it like that. It's a whole lot easier to remember. And as you draw closer to God, He's going to draw closer to you. When we really want God in our life, when we really want God with us, the closer we want to draw to him, the closer he's going to draw us. Can you imagine feeling the arms of God wrapped around you, comforting you, healing you, touching you, telling you I love you, you're mine, you belong to me. Yes, you belong to God. For the Bible says you were bought with a very great price. The price of his son Jesus Christ's life. He died for you. That's the price God paid for each one of us. He bought us through the life of His Son. Are you here today? Have you got things going on in your life that you need to invite God into your life to help you through this life? help you to do things you're suffering through, you're going through. We have an altar up here that you can come down. You can kneel at, the, kneel at that altar right before the presence of God and talk to Him. If you're here today and you need a closer walk with God, you need God in your life I ask you to come down to the altar I'm going to ask the band to come up but God wants you to know he loves you he's still healing he's still comforting he's still meeting needs but you're the one to to decide whether he comes into your life or not by saying yes to him by believing in him And inviting him in. God is not going to barge in. He's not going to kick the door of your life in. And barge in. And force himself on you. No. You invite him in. And he'll come in. He'll put his arms around you. He'll love you. He'll meet needs. He'll heal sickness. He'll do whatever needs to be done in your life. If you're here today and you feel like you need a closer walk with God, we have an altar up here to pray at. I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you, anoint you with oil. If you're going through a situation today in your life that you need God to intervene in, he's here today meeting needs. So if you're here, I invite you to come down. So I'll ask the band to play. And if you feel like you need to come and maybe visit with God for a little bit at the altar, come down. If you'd just like to be anointed with oil and have prayer, I'll be down here. i be glad to anoint you with oil and have prayer. Then after we get through here, we're going to take communion. So thank you all very much, and uh, God loves you.